0: Welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to take a look at what's been happening with these markets. Some green on the screen. We'll talk a little post-WASD, specifically looking at the corn and the beans. And, of course, we all know combines are not moving anywhere in the upper Midwest. Troy Nielsen is joining us from Smart Yield. And I think, Troy, first and foremost, we survived WASD report yesterday. The markets have had a chance to kind of digest and move through another trading session. So we saw some higher numbers today. As you look at those numbers, specifically on the corn and the beans, what are some key takeaways heading into the weekend?
1: Yeah, uh, Susan, I think the key takeaways here, um, starting with corn anyways, let's look at that. I think one of the key takeaways, without going through the full supply and demand uh, balance sheet, but I'll just say, of course, we knew coming into this that your beginning stocks on corn was going to be reduced. Um, And it was, of course, that was just confirmed. Uh, so what you end up with then is a total supply that's a little bit lighter, um, and usage that was slightly light, lighter, so what you end up with is an ending stock that was also, was reduced. That typically would be a bearish, or excuse me, a, a, a friendly, friendly to bullish report with those numbers. The problem is anticipation coming into it was that the yield on corn was going to go from 168.2 to something less than that. They were looking at um, a bushel to a bushel and a half, sometimes some guys were saying two bushels less, is what was anticipated. Well, that didn't happen. We went from a 168.2 to a 168.4, and so that, I think, was a a bearish signal right off the get-go immediately on that report, and it probably triggered some selling going on, um, obviously, throughout the day yesterday. And then I think once uh the rest of that balance sheet was taken into account and after the dust settled, you look at the bottom line number, which is stocks to use, went from last month fifteen point five percent to thirteen point eight this month. Now, um that's just one month change. It's not a trend yet until we see that maybe the next few months. But um that was that was friendly to the market. So I I think that's one takeaway I'd have right there. The yield actually stayed about the same, and we ended up with stocks to use that's a little tighter. Uh, Soybeans, not a lot different. We expected yield to be down, and it was down uh, one bushel on on soybeans from last month to this month. That was a little bit friendly to that market. Um, The supply was reduced, um, so you end up with an ending stock number that's lower. Your stocks to use on soybeans went from September 15.9 to October 11.4. That's a pretty good drop in stocks to use and really pretty friendly to that market. Um, Another takeaway on that supply and demand report on soybeans, you have to look at those world numbers as well. And I'll just go right to the bottom line. September world stocks to use on soybeans was 28.1%. Yesterday came out at 27. It's not a big number, not a big change, but it is friendly to the market. So those are the takeaways I'd have on the supply and demand report. On corn and
0: soybeans. So, after the knee jerk reaction of yesterday, we had a chance to kind of digest it, see some positive numbers on a Friday trade. Can we keep that momentum going come Monday?
1: You know, if, if you're a technician and looking at these markets technically, I would say my opinion would be yes. I think we have some upside uh, potential in these markets. Um, you know, markets do like to fill gaps. Corn filled a gap back there at 393 here. Oh, a little over a week ago. And so, you know, that damage has kind of been healed up on the chart. Um, momentum indicators would, would say that, um, we're, we're trending higher. We're putting in higher highs and higher lows, um, in the last 30 days. So that's positive. And so, yeah, my opinion is we, we have a chance to push these markets higher, um, at this time. Technically, I, th- I think that th- there's nothing that, that would fight against that either on corn or soybeans. Um, soybeans, you know, a month ago, we were we were uh, excuse me here we were as low as I'm talking November beans, eight fifty one. We topped out today at nine thirty nine. That's a that's a pretty good run in the soybeans as we're coming into harvest. Well,
0: speak- you know,
1: so uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, at this point, my thought is if you have soybeans that you're coming in out of the field with that are unpriced, unsold, um, I, you know, I w- don't know that I'd run in and sell them right away, but I do think I would protect them at this point because that's that's a, you know, 50-cent move that you want to protect. Same thing on that corn market. We're up 45, 46 cents off of the low from a month ago. Um, I don't know that I'd do it immediately, but moving into, to answer your question, like Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday... If these weather models continue putting this, this frost in, uh, in the central and part of the belt, belt in the middle of the belt and obviously everything north of there. Yeah. I think we could see these markets continue push a little bit and have some, some, some green on the screen yet into the first of the week. And, and if it does, I think a guy has to have a plan in place and say, where do I want to protect some of these prices? Not that you sell the cash, but I think it's time to protect it again. That's for sure.
0: Well, Troy, you know, we've been talking this entire growing season about how this was such a weather-related market, and everybody had hoped for a little Mother Nature reprieve, shall we say, and have a warm, dry fall. Well, obviously, you look out your windows or out your shop windows, and it's not happening across the Upper Midwest, even into the Eastern Corn Belt. That makes a lot of producers nervous.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. With the way this crop went in late, and and then we had, you know, struggled with heat units this summer here in central nebraska anyways we just weren't getting the heat units now we did have rain so some some of the uh non-irrigated corners and non-irrigated uh, fields really uh, yields are coming out pretty decent um for non-irrigated now that irrigated numbers are down a little bit um from the last couple years anyways that set records so keep in mind but um you know i do think we we we, we planted late we had trouble with heat units And then in the middle of August, the big talk was these crops could finish nice, but we don't want to have an early freeze.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. I want to talk a little basis action as well when we come back. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the final, final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield. And I wish folks could hear sometimes the conversations we have during the commercial break. And it does lead into my first question is, because we're seeing a delay in the harvest, and I was reading earlier in the day that they're talking seven to ten days before those in the Dakotas could even think about getting back in the field, how does that change the basis? And then, Troy, you brought up, the eastern corn belt basis and it's kind of interesting how they kind of marry together
1: yeah exactly the the eastern belt um, and as you move east from here into Iowa then get into Illinois, Ohio, the further east you go right now the better the basis is for the farmer and they have a positive, you know we're working on a negative basis here Um, they have a positive basis um, east of Des Moines and so Um, and that's really unusual this time of year, just coming into harvest. Um, but we are seeing that for whatever reason. And so typically as whatever basis is established in movement that we see on the Eastern corn belt on the rivers, we start to see that trickle effect coming out here to the West. And we've seen that in the last three weeks, uh, three to four weeks, we've seen basis on corn and soybeans firm up, um, and get a lot more attractive, um, here here in, in central Nebraska, even western Nebraska where we do some business as well. And so uh we're seeing some basis movement that that is a little bit non typical for this this far end of harvest. And if guys have some desire to get basis locked or need to lock basis on some um cash contract that don't have basis locked on, now is a great time to take advantage of that and look at some basis lock, especially if you um have some bushels that you're going to be delivering here in the next 30 to 60 days.
0: So how do you see that? I mean, when they're trying to make their marketing decisions and they're looking at where the basis is today, where it might be, you know, a week from now, depending on what happens weather-wise and the movement, we know that there's the need for beans and the movement of corn. Do they lock them in or what, what should we do? do? Do we hold out or do we just go for it?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll just talk corn here for a minute. Perfect. You know, if you've seen basis, for example, if it's improved seven or eight cents or ten cents in your area, um, that's a nice basis improvement in the last thirty days. On top of that, I, you know, you have to pile in both decisions. Uh, the futures has moved up about forty-six cents in the last thirty days. So, if you put those two together, um, you know, that's over fifty cent better cash price that you can. Um, accomplish versus where you're at a, a month ago, uh, and a month ago, you know we were, you know we had people saying, "Hey, if we could get such and such price, um, we'd we'd sure go ahead and lock some lock some basis, and we'd lock some, you know, cash prices in for harvest." Well, we're probably above a lot of those goals that guys were looking for, and so instead of looking for higher prices, you know, to, to, that that may or may not happen, um, the futures, in my opinion, has a chance to improve yet i think there's upward potential like we were just saying but the basis has moved a long ways and basis is a whole different critter it's based on more local decisions and local supply and demand um and so locally if you if you have achieved some basis that you were looking for and had targets i'd go ahead and establish those at this time doesn't mean you have to lock that futures in on it at this point but i would definitely take a look at, at getting some basis locked at this point and reward that market
0: You had made a statement before we started the Fontenelle final bell, and I'm glad I wrote it down because it says, until we have a trade agreement, we don't have a trade agreement. And I think that is probably the best statement I've heard in the last couple of weeks because there's a lot of banking that we're going to see something happen. And until the ink is dry, don't bank on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got our fingers crossed. problem is we've had them crossed for about a year and, um, you know, we're still hoping for that trade agreement. I think it's, it's really positive that they're meeting, I believe, this afternoon. Um, uh, at, at the same time, we don't have a trade agreement together. Um, but I do think that just the, the fact that they're meeting is very positive. It means both parties want to move in the right direction with this. And I think we will eventually come up with a trade agreement. Um, at the same time, <laughs> uh, corn was up 18 cents on the front month today. I think that's a blend of weather, supply and demand report, and trade talks that are back on. So when you put those all together, the trade talks, in my opinion, are positive, even though we don't have that agreement yet. It's just positive that they're still working towards towards an agreement. Um, and hopefully something will come out of it this afternoon or this weekend, and uh, Sunday night we'll see that in the market.
0: Real quick, I know you wanted to talk uh, some cattle and the supply-demand report that we saw on Thursday.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a look at live cattle um, on the nearby the October contract. And just just to state this real quick, um, because it is really coincides with the grain markets on right about the 9th of September, right about a month ago, October live cattle were as low as um, uh, 93.40. They went home today at 109.50.
0: Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Troy.
1: Yeah, call us here in Carney at Smart Yield, 308-234-6805. Well,
0: thanks so much, Troy Nielsen, joining us today. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can get this as a podcast as well wherever you get your favorite podcast. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.